Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and presson falsies. Hello, all you lovely listeners. Uh, we are very excited because Voicemail is proudly supported by Raw Naturals, skincare for men. Now, Raw Naturals is a new, unique grooming line that helps men feel comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, Raw Naturals, like us, is a brand that's passionate about mental health. So we are delighted to have them on board with the show. Their range of beard and skincare products are not only top class, but are also made with the environment in mind. And they work. That's true. So for 20% off their range of male grooming products, check out the link in our show description. You can also follow Raw Naturals on Instagram at Raw Naturals UK. Hello and welcome to Voicemail, the podcast where us two males listen to your voicemail messages and do our best to help. I'm your host, Jamie Lang, and alongside me every episode will be my good friend and co-host, Josh Roberts. Josh is a campaigner, activist, and mental health expert and author of The Anxious Man. Opening up about our mental health is something that we all struggle with on a daily basis, men in particular. We hope that by discussing your experiences alongside our own struggles, people will realise that they are not alone and find the confidence to ask for help if they need it. Hello everyone, welcome back to another glorious episode of Voicemail. Before we kick things off, Josh, hey, listen, people seem to really connect and like the podcast. It's a hit. We are a smash hit. No. (laughs) I've had I've actually just had because we were we were speaking before about how we should uh read out some of the nice messages that we had from people yeah, following last that. week. And I've actually just had the first not my first ever troll, but not far off it. And someone says, You might might want to get your facts right, they say here. Anyway, thanks well, Neil for Well what's the facts? Well what facts do we get wrong? Oh, uh, he accuses me of staring down my nose at other people and then says I'm well and then you know, fair enough. He says, I, I might want to get my facts right and perhaps turn to God um, for some of the answers on some of this stuff. Fair play. <laughs> fair play. But I would I say think... Neil was in the minority. What, what I am, I'm quite shocked that you didn't have um, a lot of trolls after you wrote your book, but maybe that's... Oh, here it is. Oh, lovely stuff. Oh, very nice. That's mental, mental health podcast and he gets, gets his elbow in right at the start there. <laughs> Do you know what? I have to say, we were talking last week about obsession mm. over and comparisonitis. And I mentioned the fact that I'm constantly checking my Amazon review ratings and whatnot. And there are a couple of people who, there was one lady in particular who has never given anything that she's bought on Amazon more than one star. In, really? In, and she gave you, she gave you one star. She gave me one star. She said, it's a book about anxiety. Not much more. And just left it there. What is that? Listen, if you, I'm, I'm, I, even though, even though we do this podcast and I'm a big champion of yours, I'll go out and get Josh's book. It's, it's freaking great. It's a great read. If you're feeling well, anxious or you know someone's feeling anxious, honestly, go and get it. Um, but I do, I really want to congratulate ourselves pretty much on this podcast because it really resonated with a lot of people. I think a lot of people helped. I got some nice messages, which I thought I'd read. I'm not going to say who the names are just in case they want to remain anonymous, but, um, 
I got one from someone who said, just want to say your new podcast is absolutely fantastic. It's the best and most helpful podcast I've listened to in such a long time. We've been struggling with my 16-year-old stepson recently, and things really came to head this weekend. Both myself and my husband have listened to voicemail this morning, and not only has it helped, but we know for sure it will help my stepson and hopefully get, take care, give him some comfort. Thank you so much, and you're doing ace. That's such a great... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, do you know what? It's a really cool thing to do. There was another one which um, says, oh, I just want to say that uh, I got my sister to listen to voicemail and it really has helped her this morning. Thank you so much. So many people are struggling, which is just, you know, wonderful. And that is the point of this podcast, I think, Josh, is that I think there's, you know, a lot of people are struggling at the moment. A lot of people are having a hard time. And I think what this podcast does do is perhaps doesn't give you the answers to get over something or, or, but I think what it will do is help as a tool to maybe realize that you're not alone. You lot, everyone's feeling certain ways and differently and certain, you know, we've definitely felt certain ways and still do. And hopefully it gives people the uh, confidence that they can speak out because they're not alien. Isn't yeah. that right? No, you're, you're totally right. And also I think one of the scariest things about having a mental health problem, even if it's just for a short period of time, is that you think that you're the first person who mm. is experiencing what you're experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that thing where you go, wait a minute, this isn't right. This isn't normal for me. I feel kind of out of sorts. And that in itself is really kind of anxiety inducing and scary. And so just to hear from other people and to speak to other people and realize that, you know, like you say, you're not alone. But also what I found so fascinating over the last few years of talking really actively about mental health is just how similar people's experiences of, of different things are. Today, we're you know, talking about insomnia, which is probably mm. one of the most common um, kind of symptoms or, or underlying you know, problem itself. But sometimes like right down to even the way that the thoughts in people's heads are structured, the actual words that pop into people's heads are the same, mm. even though you've never met this person before and I start having a conversation with them and they'll tell me what, what they worry about, whatever. I'll go, oh my God, that is exactly the same. Even in terms yeah. of like the way that the sentence in your head is constructed is yes. the way that I worry about it. And yeah, that's so it's not, true. It doesn't fix it, but it's a, it's a really exciting, um, relaxing kind of experience, I think. It is. And that's why you feel, you feel connected with an individual because you go, what, you feel that way? Oh my, I, I kid you not. Okay. I don't know if I told you this, but maybe I did. I, um, before lockdown happened again, I was with a group of, but, and they are kind of, they're, they're sort of friends, but they're not close, really close friends, but I was with a group of friends. One of them was talking about how he was jealous of his younger brother. He basically was saying that his little brother, um, who was much younger than him, what they do in the evenings is they play video games or whatever, and they have all of their group of friends on a FaceTime together. They oh, don't okay. really talk to each other. They just have them there. There's no awkwardness, there's no nothing at all. Yeah. And his point was, as we get older, we sort of drift away from, uh, not drift away, but we're not as close as where we once were when we were at school or university or whatever it is or growing up. And he says he was really jealous and I said, oh my Lord, I had that. I had that. I, I got really upset that I wasn't as close to all of my friends as I once was because we lead different lives and things like that. And because we had that conversation, I was like, what? You feel the same as me? And it is so yes. important to do that. And I think this is why today's topic is such a great one because this is your bread. Firstly, this is your bread and butter. Oh, this, yeah, 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 yeah. this is, this is, this is <laughs> straight down the fairway stuff, this. Yeah, this is Josh's. This is Josh's cup of tea. This one, he had it real bad insomnia. Although, actually, and actually, I, not, I not so of, much anymore. But yeah, sorry, go on, go on. Not so much anymore. And I want to get into my thing. But why don't you explain your 
journey with insomnia. Well, well yes. Yeah, so we, when we, we talk about this in the in the in the podcast, but um, one of the the kind of scary things about sleep is and worries about sleep is they're one of the only areas where the worries come true. That is, you know, worrying about being in a car crash or worrying about losing your job doesn't make it any more likely that those things are going to happen. But actually, worrying about not being able to sleep can mean that you end up sleeping less and therefore that kind of loop of worrying about it then it happens then you worry about it more then it happens again and so on and so forth mm-hmm. that gets tighter and tighter it's it's a really debilitating scary kind of thing um yeah it was terrible yeah. for me for about 18 months and then i started doing all of the things that you know we, we've talked about a number of times exercise but, but you didn't but you didn't sleep you actually didn't sleep yeah uh, uh yes the research on that, again, I, we talk about this in the, in, in the show, but the, um, the research on it's quite interesting. Even people who say that they, you know, they don't sleep throughout the whole night, people who say that they're 100% insomniac, actually, when they, uh, you know, do sleep studies and stuff, they do fall asleep for a bit of the night. Um, mm. in other words, pe- people tend to over report their insomnia versus the reality. So I, I've no doubt that I did sleep a bit, but I definitely, I had phases like where I'd go three or four days without, ever enjoying that kind of sensation of just like drifting off and waking mm. up. And it's compounded so much by the fact that everyone tells you how important sleep is. I know. I know. You can't do it. And they're like, and then people are going, Oh, you've got to get eight hours. It's like my girlfriend read that book. Um, Why we sleep. Have you come across that? Terrible one? idea. Sometimes terrible idea. <laughs> well, Cause then you feel like you have to get eight hours. And if you don't get eight hours, you're losing your life and all this different stuff. I don't think it's a good thing. That book. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, if you can, it's like anything, if you can, if you can read it and not obsess about it, then it's probably life enriching and, and, you know, helpful to to learn about. I think it's tough though, because I think, especially at the moment with the pandemic, with homeschooling, with relationships, with work, with all these different things that, you know, our worries, worries come to life at night and that, you know, then we stress about sleeping. Um, I, for the first time ever, didn't sleep. I haven't slept. All of last year, I didn't sleep well. And to the point which a lot of people will relate to is, like you did, I got the fear of going to bed. Yeah. And that is the worst thing. And a lot of people will have this where you're scared about nighttime. Oh, nighttime's here. But in fact, you should be in love with your bed. Your, love is, your bed is a comfy place. It's a lovely place to go to. And once you get into that horrible cycle, it's quite tricky to get out of. But I think what we want to stress is that, you know, Josh, you and I both have been, you've been to the very extreme in this situation. The very extreme. Did you ever have, did you ever take any meds? Yeah, I, I did. Um, you talk about this in your book very well. You talk about the different forms of, of thing when you took it. Yeah. yeah, the Xanax that sent you just conked you out and the different things. I did. I took, if I'm totally honest, I, I took something called clonosy pans, which helped. Problem is that there's all these, you know, you can get addicted to them or dependent upon them. So I was a bit concerned about that. Yeah. Lots of things, but I, my girlfriend doesn't sleep at all at the moment. She's finding it really tricky to sleep to the point where she phoned me this morning and she was very upset because she didn't sleep again last night and she, where she's filming at the moment. So she's having a tricky time with it. And there's only so much you can say, you know, you know, try and relax, maybe meditate, maybe do some exercise. Um, and it's very easy to say those things. It doesn't help you yeah, getting yeah. over the fear. Um, and I think what we would want to stress at the moment is that so many people in the world at the moment in particular are struggling with insomnia. Um, it, you know, it, you do fall asleep at some point, your body will make you fall asleep. You have to, it's not going to keep you awake as much as you think it does. As you said, studies show that you do fall asleep. Um, and as much as it's a horrific thing, the more you can try and not 
freak out and, and concerned and feed the beast, the better it can be. And hopefully in this episode today, we kind of draw on those different things, don't you think? Yeah, it's a classic example of where cognitive behavioural therapy is really, really powerful. That, mm. that, that's how I started really properly unwinding my issues around sleep. The, the sort of basic premise of CBT is to, is to ask two questions of any dodgy thought. Number one, what's the real likelihood of this scenario coming true? And secondly, mm. what's the real severity, even if it does? And the question with sleep is like, What's the real likelihood well, of you never being able to sleep again? Well, that's zero. That's zero percent. At some point, you will be able to sleep again. Not just that. At some point, you'll be able to enjoy a normal relationship with sleep. That's my experience. If you had pitched to me, if, if you'd told me in like uh, January 2018 that I would be able to go to sleep, read a book, fall asleep, wake up in the morning and get on with my day, I would have told you you were insane. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. happened. It's fine. And the, the severity question is, it's really annoying to be tired and it's shit to spend your whole day worrying about sleep. But there's lots of things that are annoying and irritating about life. And if you can start to think of it as just another one of those, then again, you're, you're, the speed at which you will uh, regain some kind of like normality with sleep gets a lot quicker. When you're in it, there's, uh, it's a rather sort of trite saying, but the idea of what, when you're, the view is always worse from the valley floor, you know, when you're like really in the middle of something, you can never mm. see out. And that's so true with problems with sleep. When you're really struggling to sleep, if you've had a couple of nights on the bounce where you've not been able to get any, you tend to think that's your life and it's never going to get better. And the fact that we're doing this podcast is, is kind of um, testament to the fact that it does. That's exactly it. And I really want to reiterate the fact that I really was sleeping badly. And it's only recently, it's I would say the last month. No, I'm uh, making it. I definitely sleep me worse than you. <laughs> but I think for the, I think for you people who are listening right now, um, I think it would really help. I promise you, until about the last month, I really wasn't sleeping well. My girlfriend still doesn't sleep well at all. And I, like Josh, thought, well, this is going to be like, this is going to be me for the rest of my life. I've slept for the last 31 years fine. And actually for the next 31 years, I'm going to sleep badly. And that's really upsetting, but whatever. And I, and I only completely, I have tinnitus, right? Um, and the way I got over tinnitus is it's a, it's a never ending thing. It's always ringing. Things that the way I got over is that I treated the tinnitus as it wasn't harmful, and secondly, I, I, it was like the aircon in the room. If you have an aircon in the room or bugs hissing at night or whatever it is, you you choose to ignore them. If you get on a plane and think about the plane noise, it's very loud, but you you block it out. Mm. Same with sleep. And I got over tinnitus, right? This ringing in your ears, ringing in your ears constantly. And with sleep, it was the same thing. I I feared it, I feared it, I feared it, I feared it, I feared it. And then I slowly, slowly taught myself that it was okay if I didn't fall asleep straight away. It was okay if I was up all the night. It was okay, all these things. And I think what happens is, is that, you know, the biggest fear for me was when it started and I wasn't sleeping, I would then wake up in the morning, you know, I'd get up in the morning with really not much sleep. I would think my relationship was going to break down. I didn't think my work was going to be good. I thought that I couldn't function without it. So you then, everything else comes into this concerns and worries. But I hopefully today's podcast will really resonate with people, relate to people and allow people to realize that there is always hope at the end of the tunnel. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I'm failing that, mate. You never know. It might be so boring that it's the perfect cure for insomnia anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're (laughs) finding it tricky to sleep, listen to this podcast tonight. And you'll drift off. You'll drift off. As Jamie launches into another showbiz (laughs) anecdote, you'll find yourself, your eyes getting heavy and drifting off into the land of Nod. (laughs) Right. Shall we... um, Shall we kick things off and listen to our voicemails? Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. Hi, guys. Um, I saw Jamie Lang's Instagram story about 
about people who've been suffering with insomnia. Um, my name's Jamie, I'm 28 years old. Um, I've suffered with insomnia for probably five or six years. Um, it's not every night, but it kind of comes in waves. So for two, three, four week periods, um, I'll struggle to sleep properly. Um, you know, you get in bed at night and instead of falling asleep in 10 to 20 minutes, you kind of sat there feeling tired, but unable to sleep for an hour, two hours, three hours. Um, and then when you do finally get to sleep, you know, you wake up during the night five or six times. So it's not really proper deep sleep. Um, it's broken sleep and you're not getting a good rest. You're not recharging your body. Um, and it takes its toll sort of mentally and physically. You know, you feel tired the next day. Your brain's not working properly. Um, you look tired, which is never, <laughs> never nice. Um, and yeah, it's just not a pleasant thing to go through. So if you guys have got any tips or tricks or anything that could help, I'd be really grateful. Um, and if you need any more information from me, please just feel free to give me a shout. Oh, Jamie. Josh, as always, uh, the author, the campaigner, the mental health expert. Uh, why don't you take it away first? Well, I, I think this caller's call or voicemail rather is, um, is extremely common. So the symptoms that he describes, the way that it tends to present, the fact that it's been rumbling on for as long as it has, um, whilst Five no, years taking... though, man. Five years seems like a long, it seems like a long time. But is that, is that yeah, but why, why would you, yeah, why would you ever expect to be, you know, like I said, you're going to have, he said, like, he said, it's not every night. Some nights I sleep great, but some nights I have bad or have a bad run of it. And that's probably the experience. That will be my, I, that, I fully expect that will be my experience for the rest of my life. Um, I'm never going to be a concert pianist and I'm never going to be, <laughs> a person that can hop into bed and go to sleep within five minutes. I've just come to accept that. And it's become a much, you know, I'm much more sanguine about the whole thing. But hang on, but, but, but is someone, okay. But the acceptance part, that's what I find quite tricky. I find it tricky personally to accept these things that before I was this, but now I'm not this. So I have to accept that I'm that. How do you come to terms with the acceptance that you say, well, yeah, okay. this is what I'm going to be. Well, you just, after a while, it's, you, you come to, you know, there's no other option. You can mm. rail against it for the fact that I'm not terribly good at sleeping. You can, you can rail against it. And I did that for a while, for about a year or so. But after a while, you just go, God, this, I'm, it's becoming, I'm making this into much bigger of an issue than it is. It's like I said, okay, it's, it, maybe it's more debilitating than hay fever or eczema or, you know, something that, in that kind of sphere of physical health. But I, I really do think about it in those terms. It's something that comes and goes. It's a part of my life. And, you know, so many people have such worse conditions that affect their lives in much more, you know, profound ways. And so I'm in a way, I'm kind of lucky that my thing is, is sleep. And to your point, you were athletic in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, sports scholar. First one in 50 years, but that's, Whoa, there, we go. So, yeah, well, there we go. There we go. So listen, when you were in school, I bet you were faster at running the hundred meters than you are now. Yes, true. So, so does that annoy you if you're going on a no, job and you but, can't run in the same way you used to be able to? No, but I would say that I'm not as athletic as I was when I was younger because your body yeah. slows down. And, okay, yeah, exactly. See, and then okay. the same way, other things in your life have changed that mean that you're no longer the sleep god that you used to be. So what? <laughs> but anyway, I, I, what I would, I would love to do is sleep just go through. Because <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I made a bit of a list of things to do or like my sort of you know, top tips kind of thing for a good night's sleep. So I thought we would you, go through them. Josh loves a list. He always, he's always making lists. You just love a good list. I just love a list. So I'm going to do the before, during and after a bad night's sleep. And you can tell me 
you can you know pipe in if you think this is as bad as some of it is piping stuff that you as well that seems like piping in what do you mean piping, by in? piping? piping in piping up <laughs> piping out piping bag bad piper okay let's know, let's hear your list you can chime this. in there you go okay so some of this stuff is things that you physically have to do or that physically that i would do and 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 the, the caveat with all of this is you don't do any of it obsessively so if you can't do it if you can't you know do the various different things it doesn't matter you can still you know chances are you'll still have a brilliant night's sleep but you know these are things that i think improve your chances okay Mm -hmm. so this is the before physical stuff and lots of people would refer to this as sleep hygiene so these are things that to give yourself the best opportunity right number one exercise regularly why exercise is great for our brain chemistry you get you know all the kind of happy and reward chemicals in your brain things like serotonin dopamine endorphins and it also i mean the science is so conclusive linking regular exercise to better sleep exercise regularly but not too late in the day if you exercise right before going to bed your heart rate will still be elevated and and that can prevent sleep Mm -hmm. number two start your wind down okay about an hour minimum an hour before you go to bed so that what do i mean by wind down okay like the screens go away the blue light from your phone or from your laptop from your ipad has been shown again to be very bad is it, why is that bad it's, i always thought that was it, a rumor. It inhibits no no it inhibits the production of melatonin which is the um the sort of sleepy drowsiness sleepy, drowsy thing. Um, stuff that goes into your Why? Brain, because yeah, they think it's sunlight. You, they think it's sunlight. Correct. Look at that. Yeah. I don't need to be a freaking mental health expert. I'm just in there. Okay. So start your wind down. I'm talking screens off, no FIFA, no Madden, no, uh, you know, Call of Duty, none of that. Read a book or do like a light task, do the laundry, do the washing up, something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Number three, Make sure that your bedroom is set up for success. What do I mean by that? You need a comfy bed. If you're sleeping in a shit bed, get rid. Have a okay. poster of Carmen Electra on your ceiling. <laughs> is that, is that, he, I didn't have, that was I didn't what have I Carmen. had back in the day. No, Car- I had, all of some of the listeners will have no idea who Carmen Electra is. <laughs> mate, Carmen Electra in the, in the Raven. Did you ever see that? Oh, yes. Jesus. Wonderful. <laughs> anyway, it's good to have Carmen there. So you can have Carmen, you can have, you know, other, other uh, pinups are available. Comfy bed, make sure it's dark in there. Lots of people say, oh, I, you know, I don't like a dark bedroom. M- most humans sleep better when it's a bit darker. And the number one thing is to go to bed at the same time um, that you, and, and you, you stick to that. So if you go to bed at 10 p.m., you go to bed at 10 p.m. every day of the week. Try and, and try and establish circadian rhythms. Try to establish a, a routine for your, the way that your body produces melatonin and, and, and um, the sort of uh, various different chemicals in your brain that will help you to sleep. Crucially, I say 10 p.m. My girlfriend goes to bed. At, I mean, if she could, she'd go to bed at eight, right? I can't, I'm not sleepy until about 11. Yeah, so same. I don't go to bed until 11. There's no point going to bed and thinking, oh, well, I had a bad sleep, night's sleep last night, so I'm going to go to bed tonight at nine. If you're not feeling tired, guess what, mate? You're not going to sleep. <laughs> so, so those are some things to do. Exercise, wind down, make sure your room's all set up and get routine. Other things not to do. Caffeine after five, yeah. you're asking for trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nicotine, nicotine before bed. The old ciggy for the boys. None of that. Ciggy, cigarette before going to sleep as well. That's terrible. Oh, I, I, I remember. I remember how it. Like, I remember. I remember. Like, we used to like when I was younger. You have you would sort of go and ha- like have a party and sleep with someone, and then have a cigarette in bed afterwards. <sighs> I mean, it was vile. Dream. In bed. Okay. Yeah. Inside. 
Yeah, just terrible. Just think I was so cool. What is that? Just Do you still vi- smoke ciggies? No. I, if I, if I have a drink, then I have a cigarette. But I don't vapist? really drink that much anymore. Uh, yeah. What are you, you, what, you judging me that I'm not a smoker? No, I, I, st- I had to stop. Mate, I was, I was ninja. Yeah, you, you were like a 20, you were 20 a day, weren't you? Oh, so good at it. It's one, it's one of my few talents. If I could put it on my CV, other, you know, other interests, hobbies and activities, Siggies. But anyway, it's not allowed anymore. They won't as well. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <sighs> okay, they so, went a while. Anyway, okay. so the, these, no ciggies, don't exercise too late, and don't do anything in the bed, right, that isn't sleeping, or the other thing that you do in bed. What's the other thing that you do in bed? Shagging. Oh, no, sleep go. and shag. That's it. Okay. Because if you if you're in there like doing emails or if you're in there, you know, playing games on your phone or whatever it is, you're gonna interrupt this idea like we were talking about, the association between going to bed and going to sleep. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the before. Things to do before. The other thing is the mental the mental stuff. So this is beforehand. Start to, if like me or you, you worry in the day about how you're going to sleep at night. Yeah. Try to try to use those principles of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy that we've talked about before. So try to challenge um, what's the real worst possible outcome if I don't have a good night's sleep. Yeah. The answer is you'll probably get to the case of you'll be tired and maybe you'll have a shit day, but you've also probably had a million of, of those and survived. So kind of who cares? What's the worst that can happen? And second question to ask is, what's the true likelihood of that worst case scenario coming true? And in reality, what you'll probably find is if you look through the last two weeks of sleep, actually more often than not, you have slept or more often than not, after a bad night, you tend to have a good night and so on. Ah, okay. So so you look at the pattern almost. Definitely. And the, so what you end up realizing is that the worst case scenario isn't that bad. And it's also very unlikely to come true. And to kind of be doing that mental work in the run-up to going to bed is always handy. Okay? Mm-hmm. During. So you've climbed into bed. <laughs> During. Also, a- I love how Josh has got all his notes in front of me. You're so excited for your little list. It's like a little shopping list yeah. that you've got. I am I am excited for my list. No, because this is this is this is the one thing that if you if you go through your entire life never struggling with anxiety, never struggling with the depression, I mean a third of Brits. A third of us across the course of our lives will struggle with anxiety, um, with insomnia. So it's like, I get, I get really, it's that high. Yeah. And recently it's been even more than that because of lockdown and because of the worries about the future and everything like that. So it's, it's so prevalent and yeah, I don't mind admitting I get excited by it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) this is the during. Okay. This is much shorter than the before the during I promised. Okay. So you got into bed after 10 minutes you're tossing and turning or you've gone to sleep and woken up in the middle of the night. You're looking at the clock panicking. All right. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to do. Number one, get up, get up. Why get up though? Why get, get up, get out of the bed because the whole thing with sleep, like I keep saying is about positive association and routine. 
Okay. And if your routine becomes that you spend every night, you spend an hour tossing and turning at 4am in the bed, guess what? That's going to keep happening to you because your body finds those rhythms, the hormones and neurotransmitters in your body find those, um, those rhythms. So get up mm-hmm. and go and do something. So go downstairs, read a book, go and make a cup of herbal tea, do the laundry, whatever it might be, something light, something that's going to occupy your mind, but not kind of wake you up. Go on a walk, walking good outside. Cheeky walk. Yeah. Cheeky walk. Quite nice. Cheeky walk. Nothing too crazy though. Nothing. And okay. yeah. Nothing to raise the adrenaline almost. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be stalking the streets maybe in four o'clock in the morning. I think you might get... Get arrested. That would be, be the next one, mate. <laughs> Jamie Lang pictured on Hampstead Heath. Stalking. 4am. Four four yeah. yeah. Walking his dog, inverted commas. Um, and then the next morning, this is the crucial bit. This is so, so crucial, is to get up at your normal time, even if you've had a bad night's sleep. Because what very often we do when we have shit night's sleep is the next morning we go, okay, well I slept badly. So I'll just allow myself to kind of lie in or very often people will find that the only time that they do sleep is in the couple of hours before they have to get up. But it's really important not to do that. Cause again, you're trying to set the rhythm. You're trying to God, kind of, it's I, a bit like, you know, when you have a baby or a puppy yeah. and people always talk about trying to establish those routine sleep routines. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same for adults. I, I found it. I found it much easier. If I hadn't slept the night before, I found it much easier to sleep in the day because there was no pressure of falling asleep. So if I had it, if it was like a free, if I was on holiday or something, I could go, I'd sleep in the day. I could sleep in the day because there was no pressure to sleep. It's really weird. Yeah. There's like pressure to sleep at nighttime for some reason. Definitely. And, and also once you sort of surrender to the idea of, you know, if I'm down on the sofa at 4am and trying to, trying to get to sleep if i if i sort of just let go of it and, and go oh well probably i'm not going to sleep a wink tonight very often counterintuitively that's when you i would end up going to sleep so get up in the right at the right time at, you know regardless of how well you've slept and then throughout the day be using the cbt questions you know what's the worst case scenario what's the real likelihood of that coming true and also try to remember that we are really bad as hum as you know human beings are really bad at self-reporting on sleep so there's a fascinating study where they took people, put them in a sleep clinic and asked them how long it took them to got to get to sleep. And on average, people said, people who suffered with insomnia said, oh, it took me 10, uh, it took me an hour to get to sleep. But then when they studied the brain waves, actually it showed that people were asleep after 10 minutes. Really? Similarly, yeah, similarly, people, they would ask people, how well did you sleep last night? How many hours did you sleep? Insomniacs would say, I didn't sleep a wink, not one wink. But then when you look at the brainwaves, it would show that actually they had slept for several hours. So when we oh. say, so when we say fleetingly, oh, I didn't sleep a wink last night or, oh, I, I have insomnia. And so I didn't sleep last night. Actually, in reality, unless you, you know, there are no doubt cases where, you know, you really don't sleep at all. Very often you will have got more sleep than you. Than, than you, you actually think. You think. And, and also, think but, and also, but when you do get a good night's sleep, you do feel a whole heap better. And, and sleep is very key, annoyingly. We've been, that's been drilled into us for so long that it makes us see panic even more when we're not getting the good sleep that we think we need. Yeah, it's, it's like it's become the new five a day. Yes, you know? exactly. Oh, if you're not eating five vegetables a day, you're going to die of a stroke or heart attack or whatever. Okay, definitely, I'm, I've no doubt it's better to eat five, five fruit and vegetables a day. But, it, you know, we're now doing the same thing with sleep and saying, oh, if you don't get eight hours a day, then, you know, you're going to have all these problems later, physical health problems later on in your life, or you're going to think, or like, you know, comparing people who can sleep on airplanes and people who can't. 
it's just a fa- it's a thing that happens in life. It's it's, it's just one of those things that sort of comes and goes. I think that kind of comparison thing is really important. But yeah, it, that's my list. Those are my top tips. My do's right. and my don'ts. Hey, listen, can you can you email me that list? I'm going to put it on my wall and I'm going to look at it every night and go, hey, Josh's Laminate. list. Josh's list. It. Thank you so much for your list. Um, okay, Josh, listen, uh, we have another voicemail that uh, we have very kindly be sent through. So shall we have a listen to it? Let's have a listen to it. Oh, hi. Um, this is Katie from Wales. Uh, just replying to the post on Instagram about insomnia. Um, I just wanted to add that um, I've been suffering with insomnia for over a year now due to severe anxiety. Um, I can go two to three days without any sleep at all, um, which obviously has a detriment effect on my well-being and health. Um, it's a struggle I do with every day. And I do try, as well, I've tried everything suggested, warm bath, mindfulness, um, sort of exercise and things like that. Um, but in the end, uh, I find the best way to get around it temporarily was to see my GP and explain how badly it was affecting my life. Um, and in the end, uh, they did prescri- uh, prescribe me um, some mild sleeping tablets, uh, which I have been taking and have been successful. So I would suggest um, instead of suffering um, and thinking that it's never going to end, to actually go to your GP, explain how badly it's affecting your life, um, your work life, your personal life. Um, and hopefully they will give you something, even if it's for a couple of months to maybe regulate your sleep patterns um, to help you sleep. Because personally, once I've had a good night's sleep, I'm a different person. When I haven't had any sleep, I'm cranky, emotional, irritable, um, and I'm not myself. So I would suggest to see a GP, explain the situation, don't be shy um, about telling them how bad it is, if it is that bad, and see what they suggest. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so this is an interesting one because uh, it's a big topic because, you know, as we know, there's a big there's a big problem with people abusing different types of yeah. medication and things like that. However, they can be a huge help. Yeah. Joshua Roberts, what is your take on this situation? Well, the first thing and the caveat to all of this is the caller is absolutely right. Go and see your GP and listen to what they say. That's a given, okay? Okay, that's a given. <laughs> all right, that's a given, buddy. That's, we got it. That's a given. So I have taken sleeping medications, not for a long time, but I was given first Valium, which is a, a benzodiazepine. Benzo diazepine. Yeah, yeah. Diazepine, diazepine. 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 It's a benzo. It's a cheeky benzo, okay? <laughs> okay, go um, And yeah, I, it, it worked for me in the sense that I would, I would get some form of sleep, but it was an extraordinarily odd form of sleep for me. It was very interrupted, very thin, very brittle. And I would often have that thing where you feel like you're falling. You know, when you wake up like, yes. <gasps> yeah, 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 sort yeah, of thing. yeah. So I'd get that a lot. And as a result of that, I didn't never really enjoy the experience. The other thing they gave me was uh, Zopiclone, which is not the same family of drugs, but it for me was much more effective. I mean, it was like proper anesthesia. That was, that was out. That was, you were like out cold sleep. There we go. Yeah, Done. it was, I was effectively sort of d- date raping myself, I guess. <laughs> um, you just completely out cold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but it, so it worked, but in a way it worked too well because I, I was kind of very worried about becoming dependent on it. And I think that's the, the ultimate And that goes thing back with, to your OCD, right? The, your OCD that was yeah, kicking in yeah. that you were thinking, oh God, if I take this, then I'm going to become a, you know, addicted to it and I won't be able to get off it and la 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 Exactly. And 
I think again the 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 caller is absolutely right to follow the her her um, GP's advice on this. But I just thought it was kind of interesting because she she opened by saying I've been struggling with anxiety, which is called rather I've been struggling with insomnia, which is caused by my extreme anxiety, and it and that was exactly my my scenario, and I reasoned that yeah I could take sleeping medication to deal with that specific symptom, but ultimately at some point I would have to address the underlying cause, the anxiety, and in fact I went to. I had, I, I had, you know, fallen out with the therapist that I was seeing before for, for CBT. And it was about How two months. How would you fallen out with your therapist? That's hilarious. <sighs> Mate, this guy, this, this arguing guy. Arguing with a therapist. I wasn't arguing so much. Well, it, you know, it, he, he kept forgetting my name, right? <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not, you are forgetful. That's, you know, it's not his fault. Get You're fucking, just for- <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. I- Kidding, buddy. No, we can't I'm all kidding. have you know. Can't okay, all have so one of the know. most one of the most recognisable faces on uh, on E4. <laughs> we can't all do panel shows. Um, so you fell out with your therapist. I fell out with him because he's getting my name wrong and stuff. And I thought, well, we'd, we'd spend forever. In, we'd probably spend half of each session talking about his problems, and I'd sort of you know end up consoling him. I sort of thought this is this is the wrong way around. Anyway, so I then had two months off, and I thought. And then my sleep got so bad. I thought, okay, right, I'm going to go and see a therapist again. And I went in, I said, I need help with sleep. And the guy said, no, you don't, mate. You need help with your anxiety, which is causing you to have problems with your sleep. You need to address the underlying issue. And so, yes, my, my, my view on sleep medication. And again, I have taken it for jet lag, for example, if I've gone somewhere and and in in a particular pinch, then I I don't mind taking it. But it, it strikes me that it's only ever a short-term fix and that really what you need to do is address the underlying issue. Would, would okay, you agree? But, you, yeah, I, do you know what? I, I think I do agree, yes. And I think always that people, uh, stereotypically, when you have uh, sleeping issues like insomnia and things, like that, it is linked to either a sort of, uh, other things that are going on in life, either anxiety or PTSD or depression or things yeah. like that, that it's linked to that and that's what happens. And it's true. What the sleeping pills do is they, they help momentarily. So if you're sleeping badly, you can take a sleep pill. It helps you sleep. And yes, and that can help other things. I think they do help. I think the problem is, is that, um, they're the, you know, the people do become dependent upon them. And I don't think, my, personally speaking, I don't think that's quite a good idea to become, uh, dependent upon something to help you sleep because yeah, then you're always I, going to be dependent upon it yeah i mean if the doctor says you know it's not a problem and you know you, you can take this pill for the rest of your life then that's you know you know that's kind of fine whatever yeah but you it can stri- just do it right yeah but it strikes me that if and this was just my, the way that my thought process worked was you know i could take sleeping pills for the rest of my life and still struggle massively with anxiety so i'd be better off just to really focus on fixing that bigger problem and yeah. you know, then my sleep would get better as a result of it. But just can I say, so you 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 said that when you had your really bad sleep, sleep and 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 it was just terrible, all these different things. Yeah. And as we heard from these voice mails, you you at the time thought that you were just never going to sleep again. Oh yeah, right? forget it. You you had that fear that it was just never going to get back to normal. And I think that's for a lot of people who are experiencing some of the moment. They're like, well, it's never going to get better. It's always going to be like this. And actually, that is not the case. It's not going to be that way. Isn't that right? Well, definitely. And one of the cruelest um, things about insomnia is it impairs your ability. If you've had a string of terrible night's sleep, it impairs your ability to think properly and to think logically. So you, 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 that's when you find yourself saying to yourself things like, yeah, 
I'm never going to sleep again. Or I had a huge thing about my girl, my girlfriend is going to dump me because she's not going to want to go out with someone who can't sleep. I had that. I had that. I had that big fear all the time. It's exactly the same thing where I thought when I was feeling just really terrible because of burnout and things like that, I just thought, well, my girlfriend's not going to want to be with me. She's going to want to, you know, not have a relationship with me because why would she want to be with someone who's like this? And then that adds on to the anxiety and the stress and the concerns and the worries and all those. Exactly. And and I would, so I would have that sort of thing. I would worry, okay, I'm never going to be able to get you know a big important job because i will always you know i won't be able to do morning meetings because i'll be so tired you know and all of the classic kind of catastrophization that people who struggle with anxiety will do we just come up with you you start from a grain of truth i had a bad night's sleep last night and then you just refract it through this kind of prism of bullshit and end up with all these bizarre outcomes and you know getting dumped getting fired um i had it used to have a thing about i'll never be able to go on a stag do i'll never be able to go on my friend's stag do <laughs> you could because, never go on a stag do ever because you wouldn't be able to sleep because unless yeah because everyone else will be able to just go to sleep in some you know dorm in budapest and, yeah. and i won't I, I need my you know i need you my need glass of water place. and i need you my need, thing and, you, and I need, you can't smoke the cigarette you can't do this exactly, you can't do that exactly. you have to have your routine just going on exactly and then you know i would experience elements of of, of sort of obsessive well it, it, what would then develop over time developed over time was a whole bunch of bizarre rituals compulsions basically that i thought i needed to do in order to be able to sleep so you know i would have a good night's sleep and then i would go okay shit i had a good night's sleep what did i do last night okay i drank a certain amount of water i turned the light on and off this many times i went to the loo before i did that i read oh, this specific number of pages of a book and then those become rules and become you know compulsions things that you have to do it become your 10 commandments that i have to eat a piece of chocolate or i have to yeah. have well, no 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 definitely definitely or... don't eat chocolate and definitely don't drink wine <laughs> is that bad one? <laughs> what are you crazy are you mad <laughs> who's this guy um but it yeah was cho- it was eating chocolate already no no yeah someone said to me someone who i used to work with said to me oh yeah i have trouble sleeping and then i stopped eating chocolate so i was like all right well that's the end of chocolate then see you later <laughs> And it was the same with, it was the same with, you know, I got so obsessive about caffeine, for example. Yeah, yeah, I, I quit caffeine because of it. I thought that was the, that was the killer. Yeah, but I was, you know, I, I was, I used to have a Diet Coke at lunch and I was just like, okay, I can't, I've got to get rid of the Diet Coke at lunch because that's obviously mm, what's causing the problem. Same, but it's obviously same. bollocks, mate. Like how many times have you had a Diet Coke and then been able to sleep later before you start having problems? A gazillion times. So it's not a real thing. It's a psychological thing that's going on there, I think. But also, I think that we've got to say that, that when you had that OCD routine that was going on and you were doing all the things, most of it, actually every part of it is just total bullshit. Oh, mate. Okay. It's total so bullshit. Whilst, like it? I said, in my, in my ultimate uh, sleeping list, the things about- <laughs> I love like, that. I can't wait. I can't wait that everyone's now written down this ultimate list. Yeah. I'm going to get it trademarked. But all of the stuff in there, you know, the, the exercise in the day, the not drinking certain things. And, okay. There is- physiological evidence that drinking caffeine raises your heart rate and that makes you less likely to sleep but you know yes you can still have a diet coke at lunch it's not it's not going to be a disaster and it's important not to do any of this stuff obsessively is, is the most important thing but to, to your point i mean at the lowest i got i was i if you had asked me to bet a hundred pounds will i ever sleep again i would have said 100 percent not it's never gonna yeah. happen and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i do now 
most of the time. Yeah. And, it, and it's that same thing that uh, we, I go back to always that when you're having a cloudy day, there's always blue sky above the clouds. It's just about finding your way back to it. You were going through a bad period. You may think that it's going to last forever. You could bet all the money in the world that you're going to be in this situation forever, but it will not last. You will get 100%. through it. It will get better. You just have to make sure and put in practice. And I think a lot of the time what I have done is that I get better, better and then I go back into my old routines of perhaps drinking too much or looking at my my phone or uh, not quite doing certain things that actually help me, but actually hinder me. And it's important that once you've gone through sort of a bad period to learn from that and change it and adapt to your new ways of mm. life. Definitely. Look at us. Look at us. So, we're shooting the shit with each other today, buddy. Look so, at us. so you said you've been struggling the last couple of nights. What was it? I mean, I'm sure you have many, many favorite top tips of mine from uh, today's podcast. But mm. what are the two things, Jamie, that you're going to do tonight differently? What are they? Yeah. Are they, exercise so, are we going to, we going to. Yeah. So my, my big thing is um, 100% without a doubt exercise. Exercise for me is one of the biggest things that helps without a doubt exercise okay. in the morning or at some point during the day, again, not too late. Exercise, exercise, exercise. Game of golf, maybe. Endorphins. Yeah, a bit of golf. It tires you out. It does that kind of thing. It just really just kind of like, oof. It just makes you feel a little bit, even if it's going for a walk, right? I, I would, I would try and say, just really push yourself, really get your heart rate up there, really, really go for it. I think that really helps. Um, and then the other thing is, yeah, is, is turning off screen time. So, um, when I was going through really bad sleep, my girlfriend and I would make sure that we were off social media and our phones at 8 p.m. in the evening. So Ooh. we're off phones in, at 8 p.m. in the evening, and then we would watch a movie or whatever, and then we would go to bed and, and all that kind of thing. And that really helped as well. So less screen time um, and more exercise. For me, those are my two 100% top tips on beating insomnia, Joshua Roberts. Love it. Okay, exercise. And what, are, what are your two ones? You've got to pick two. Go. You're going to just copy me, aren't you? No, I, the exercise thing, I, you, yeah, that is my fave. That's my number one. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. the other thing is, it's, is booze. I find that alcohol, if I have more than two pints, yes. I'm going to wake up a lot during the night and it's going to be shitty. So I will commit to uh, trying not to have those pints. Booze is much, And also a lot of people think having a nightcap works. It actually doesn't. It's actually worse. You're having a little nightcap is not a good thing. Absolutely. Don't do that. Because it actually hinders you. You get to sleep quicker, but you wake up much more throughout the night and the quality of the sleep is much lower. So, yeah. There we go. Um, hey, Josh, listen, that is uh, the end of our episode of Insomnia. Do you think we did a good job? I, do you know what? I hope that people, lots of, because I just feel it's one of these areas, like I said, where loads and loads of people have been struggling with this recently. And yes, it, hopefully if people can realise, one, there's a bunch of stuff you can do. And two, it always gets better. That's exactly it. That Then it will have been 40 minutes well spent. <laughs> to all of our listeners who have listened to our podcast voicemails, thank you so much for listening. As always, please subscribe if you could. Uh, leave us a review. That would be very kind. Follow Joshua Roberts and myself on Instagram. Go and get Josh's book, Anxious Man. You can get it on Amazon. It's a delightful book. And also, we're going to leave in the comments below lots of different places, lots of links to you know things that will help you with insomnia and stuff like that. And hopefully, as always, we say that we're not professionals. We're just here to have a chat about what is going on. And thank you to all of the people who sent in the voicemails. We, we love you guys. It was super kind. And it's amazing that you share your stories. And listen, as always, we will uh, see you guys next week for another brilliant episode of Voicemail, won't we, Josh? I cannot fucking wait. Cannot freaking wait. Yeah. More lists. More, more banter. <laughs> it's just, God, I just love your lists. I can't wait. Uh, um, all right, Josh, why don't you sign off in a really fun, exciting, cool way? Oh, Jesus. I mean, what the hell? That's your thing. I don't, 
That's your exactly. thing. All right, everybody. Listen, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Cheers, then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.